non-benders alike. Welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco. And Varney, I hate to pat ourselves on the back, but we've done it again. We managed to get another voiceover legend on our podcast. Someone I've known since my days of Jake Long, the American Dragon. Um, first of all, I want to say I love that you managed to get in one of your own credits in that. I love I that you managed to also compliment the podcast uh, yes. as part of the introduction for this legend in question. You're a man after my own heart. But why don't we elaborate a little bit more on how this legend that we're talking about fits into the Avatar verse, and then we'll bring her into the conversation. Okay. What if I told you she might have uh, given us a breezy tour of Bossing Say? Aha. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to guess. And not just because we booked her in advance and I'm staring at her lovely face right now as I say these words. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess it's Lauren Tom, otherwise known as Judy. Judy. Lauren, hello. hello. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. You got Nickelodeon was so smart to choose you guys to host this podcast. You're both so adorable. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I want to adopt you. <laughs> You want to adopt us? I do. Oh, Lauren, you're too busy for that. You have a whole other family, and you're like the workingest woman in show business. You have so many things going on. And some people out there know that you are my mom. That's true. True. Yes, I got to play Dante's mom twice. Twice. Yes. In American Dragon, Jake Long, and a pilot we did together that didn't get picked up, but it was such a good pilot. It was called The Chang Family Saves the World, produced by John Ridley. And uh, Oscar Paris Barkley, yes. yes. <laughs> and this was on camera. This was an ABC was on camera. pilot. Somehow Lauren was supposed to pass as your mom. I know. <laughs> we were like the Fantastic Four. We were like this family that found out that we had magical powers. I guess the parents knew they had magical powers, but the kids, we found out that we had magical powers and we had oh, to I save the world. that. Yeah, our family kicked butt. We, we were awesome. We were awesome, for sure. We were uh, the Chang family saves the world. We'll, we'll see if we can, someone can find that out there. I was going to say, we got to get our hands on that. Oh, man. Beautiful beauty. That's going to be... So, okay. So, we just talked about two things. Lauren, I'm going to throw out some fandoms. I'm going to throw out some projects um, just in the animated world. And I want everyone to know I'm not even scratching the surface. But you may know her from Dragons and Nine Realms, Disenchantment, Young Justice, uh, King of the Hill, anyone? Too many more to count? Uh, of course, maybe on Futurama. <laughs> and this is very near and dear to my heart because uh, up at SF Sketchfest, the comedy festival I produce, the Futurama gang has come up year after year after year, and they are sold out every year. We've had to add shows. Every They're like the highlight of the festival. So That's the highlight of my year, Oh man. going there and seeing my family and doing it's so oh. much fun at Sketchfest. Love that. And you and Phil Lamar have been in, like, so many things together also. It's like between you and Dante and then Phil Lamar, I feel like you've got all projects ever covered. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, I cannot even tell you how grateful I am and excited that Futurama got picked up again. And I can't yes. wait for everyone to see the new episodes. They're really funny. <sighs> and, um, yeah, I've got these two giant tuitions to pay for my kids. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, thank you, yeah, universe. That's... I can do yeah, this, exactly. you know. <laughs> On top exactly. of the legendary Joy Luck Club, 
which is just a legendary. Well, that's just the animated stuff. Dante, name some on-screen stuff because there's like a gajillion of those too. I mean, everything. I mean, friends. I mean, I the thing. Those are things that just jump out of my mind that I see your face like instantly. It's so funny that I've like I've studied as a trying to be a serious actress, you know, and doing all these classics in theater. But the thing that most people know me from is friends, and they just want to know if David Schwimmer is a good kisser. And I'm like, it's all come to this. That's that's it. That's from all my years of hard work. It's all come to that. No, there's no way people don't want to talk to you about Supernatural because that is oh, another Supernatural. Like, yeah, that's true. huge fandom. The that biggest is, fandom. Oh my gosh. They and they really appreciate it. whether you do one episode or a huge long arc. They are like very present to each person who appears on that show, which is uh, so uh, lovely. Man, I, I did only three episodes of Supernatural, and I, it's been years of loyalty and support and love from that fandom. Yeah. I, I have to say, Supernatural and Futurama are a really rabid fan base. And yes. um, they support my fundraising like nobody's business. And it, it just oh, it wow. means the world to me. Like when I say I care about this and then they're like, OK, here's some money. I care about what you care about. It's it's yes. very touching. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. It is wild to go to the Comic Cons and when the Supernatural folks show up, you're like, who, who what's going on over there? I oh, know. Supernatural. It's, like, uh-huh. oh, mm-hmm. okay. That's what all those long lines are for? Yeah. The Supernatural and then they're like, bunch? excuse us, we're going to start our own Comic Con, just a Supernatural <laughs> convention all of its own. Like, we'll take those lines away and bring them over there. Oh, yeah. It's insane. And, and, yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'm happy to be part of that universe. And yesterday was Star Trek Day and I did one episode of Lower Decks and now I'm part of so that cool. family, which is really, really fun. It's amazing. But the Avatar family is amazing. Yes. Like all the memes that have come it. from Judy. Like who knew that? <laughs> I mean, it makes me feel like it keeps me current. You know, with the young folk. Yeah. With the kids. <laughs> well, well, before we go into Avatarverse, where did it all start? Where are you from originally? I'm from Chicago. Originally. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Did you act out there? Did you do Second I City? I was a dancer. Like, I, w- I was super shy. So um, it, dancing oh, was perfect for me because I didn't have to talk. And then um, so I did a chorus line when I was really young on Broadway. What? Like, and, and I was 18 years old and, and oh, everyone was much older. So they said, you know, you really should study acting. Otherwise, you'll be done by the time you're 30. Because You did a chorus line on Broadway? Can you believe that? That's just crazy. That's Fosse. Well, no, it's Michael Bennett. It's Michael Bennett. So close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great choreographers. Right, right. I can't believe you did the chorus line in the 80s. That is so crazy. Yep. Yeah. Shocking. It was and it's shocking. such a powerful show. I mean, I've I've never seen it live. I've only seen the film, but I love that show. It it was like it, just such a gift for me. I was 17 and I just turned uh, they had to wait for me to turn 18 so that I didn't need wow. like my parents oh my with gosh. me. So it was really great because the, the cast was much older than me and they gave me the advice of, you know, you're going to be done by the time you're 30 because being a dancer is like being an athlete. So you really exactly. should study acting. So, yeah. So that was just like a gift that dropped down from nowhere. Um, and they really were like, you're going to have to have a plan B and your plan B. Yeah, it can be acting, you know. So sorry, <laughs> this dance thing might not last. Well, it's but like maybe being an athlete. Scrape together you know? some jobs, uh, yeah, doing some I, acting. Little did we know. You're, you're like J Lo. You're a dancer, became an actor. You're like J Lo. Do you know that I actually auditioned against J Lo back <gasps> in the day in really? L A. What? And we were both, oh, you know, started wild. as dancers, and then she got. I can't even remember the name of the movie, but we were both up for the same part, and it got down to the two of us. <laughs> 
And uh, wow, yeah, I kind of cannot believe. I'm so glad that he randomly brought up J Lo. That's amazing. That is rando. Clearly, they wanted someone of color, so so that was good. But anyway, she yeah. got it. <laughs> Well, you have you've had this career. <laughs> good for her. Good. She's fine. Yeah. Good uh, for her. But you you've had this career that is really like it's my ideal, and I would guess it's Dante's as well because you do cross over so seamlessly from like the Joy Luck Club and like I, I watched Goliath and you had a whole arc on that. And oh, you watched Goliath. Thank you, Janet. I, lo- I love that show. It's so wild. Like that show, is, I never know crazy. what they're going to do from season to season, and the tone is always so different and strange. And so I'm always so interested to see what they're going to do. And it was very exciting to see you but and then you're going to comedy and then you're going to animation and both sides of that and like and you're writing you write you know you had a one-woman show and you also yeah. write pieces that end up in publications oh, and gosh. so I, you sound like my mom <laughs> well actually we have her here could you come in here for a second this is a big surprise um no i just you have that kind of career where sometimes dante and i talk about sort of diversifying and feeling like totally. we have maybe too many plates up in the air and then i look at someone like you and i'm like oh but yet i want all those plates up in the air oh you're so sweet i you know whenever people ask me young folks coming into the business and they ask for advice i always say you know try to do as many things as you possibly can to give yourself more of a chance of working and so yeah. I just have nothing but gratitude that I can even still do this, that at, at my age and being like a five foot tall, you know, person of color and a woman on top of it, like, how am I even working? I just have like a ton of gratitude. And the voiceover world has really saved me through all those, you know, the writer's strike and the, the thin years that we all had as actors and COVID. And, you know, because you guys know we never stopped yeah. recording. I was in this little closet that I'm in right now in my husband's closet and I built a little recording studio. So, <laughs> you know, I just feel very fortunate and I I love being able to jump between dramatic roles because it makes me dig deep. And then even this game I did called Ghost of Tsushima, it was like the first game I ever did. And that I had to dig so deep for that because my character, Lady Misako, like her whole family gets killed and then I'm trying to avenge them. And um, wow, that was really challenging. And who hmm. knew? Like, have you guys ever done a game? It, it's yeah, it's really Ooh. hard. It's like a new thing that came out while we've been working. It's like all of a sudden it's a new way to tell stories. Video games. Correct. And here we are like, yeah. ah. Like the generation before us did no video games, and now that's something we do. It's kind of strange. Yeah, and I had all this equipment I had to wear, like on my head and on my body, and try to keep it from falling off. Oh, you were doing off. like motion capture stuff. It was motion cap. Oh my gosh, that's so hard to and to then keep to all dig deep and be like yeah. sobbing and and oh rageful, and then trying to keep oh. this thing from falling off my head. It was just <laughs> like it was so challenging. As you're like, this is the future, I guess. I'm this living. Is the future. I'm living. Spandex acting. We're all doing Blue Man Group. What's going on here? (laughs) I know. And then and then also you guys know, too, that during COVID, when we were recording everything from home, you had to be your own engineer, too. So that was like a learning curve. And I was like, hey, an old dog can learn new tricks. But I, (laughs) I felt like, you know, we had to slate before each of our lines, which really kind of takes you out of the moment. It's like take 117. I mean, you know, it just... It was a lot to learn. I I really have to take my hat off to everyone, you know, like just everyone for for getting through this time. We've all had to just adapt and learn and grow and stay patient and stay loving to ourselves and other people because everything goes wrong. Uh, I mean, not everything, but like little things go wrong still. 
like every day, just from people being a little bit foggy and a little bit off center, you know? Yeah, that's very true. Braving the Elements is coming to San Francisco. We'll be at SF Sketchfest on Sunday, January 22nd at 1 p.m. at the Great Star Theater. Dante and I will be joined by special guests Gray Delisle, Jack DeSena, and Phil Lamar. Visit SF Sketchfest for tickets. That's SF, like San Francisco, Sketchfest, S-K-E-T-C-H-F-E-S-T, sfsketchfest.com. See you there. So just to put in chronological order the context of when you did Avatar with us, yes. I guess you were doing Teen Titans and uh, oh. Witch, right? Wow, you've done your research. I don't know these things. Were you aware of Avatar at the time when you were working on the show and when you got cast as Judy? And do people ever bring it up to you at cons or other places about that character? All the time. And I'm always shocked because, again, I only did two episodes, but it just shows you how huge the fandom is for this show. And I actually feel like I should make an 8 by 10 print of Judy because people ask for it and I'm just not prepared in my mind. And it's really been such a gift. And also just being able to work with Andrea Romano on anything is yeah. just right. You guys, like I, she's yes. the best voice over director out there. I just yeah. feel always like I'm in such good hands. I feel confident because she's so trusting in our talent that it's kind of like, yeah, of course, you know, like whatever I do, I feel like is the right choice. Right. But that's the best thing a director can give you, I think, is that freedom and the trust. I was so lucky. I just started. I mean, I was still early in voiceover and I got through the show with Andrea and it was, <laughs> it was so good. And it's amazing. She's such a legend. And what's funny is we did an Avatar reunion recently with, with a lot of the, the series regulars and we had Andrea on and she's retired, you know, so she hasn't been working in a few years. Right. But as soon as she got on, it was like she was directing us again in the panel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Of course and we were she all was like, directing okay. the course of how, where the panel was going. We were just and... like, whatever, whatever okay, that's, hilarious. Like, that's where we're going. Aww. It was hilarious. Man, that must have been fun for you, Dante. Just And you were there too, Janet, right? Well, I was watching because I was in Korra, but not Avatar Last Airbender. So oh, I just oh, I just right. came in as a fan and was watching oh, okay. and, you know, happened to know a lot of the people, but was like just fangirling out with everybody else. Um, but I, I absolutely can agree with Dante. Yeah. Andrea was like, now we should talk about da-da-da. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> she just totally knew and where Jack, to take it. And Jack, what did it. you feel about? And we're like, okay. Oh, that's that's great. <laughs> oh, man, that must have been so much fun for you. No, it's great. And I love seeing her. I get to see her at cons. Sometimes we get to cross paths at cons, and it's always great to just catch up with her and yeah. just see how she's doing, how's retirement treating her. Yep, you know? I just saw her at a Batman Beyond uh, convention, and that was super fun. I mean, you must have worked with her so many times throughout the years. She, well, I'm so grateful that she thought of me because it, it was. I think it was right when I was on Friends, too. Oh, wow. And, and so she brought me in to be Batman's girlfriend, Dana Tan. She brought me on a Batman oh, thing, great. too, and then she couldn't make the record, so I had to record with someone else. Oh. And I, you know, it's one of those things you don't audition for, and you're just in there, and you're like, uh, why did Andrea think I could do this? I, 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 oh, I need her what? here with me right now. <laughs> I have to say, that's such a double-edged sword, because it's like, there's nothing I love better than getting a straight offer, because I hate auditioning so much. Right. Yes. But the, the other side of that is just that you're not sure why they chose you, yeah. and you're not... Right. And then if they're not there, they can't tell you why they chose you. Exactly. And then you're just looking at someone else, it's like... Scary. Andrea said I could do this role. Uh, what, 
kind of powers do I have? What's going on? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that we manage to like wherever our insecurity can find to weasel in? It's like, I will find a way to be worried about this, whether it's the compliment of getting the offer. I will find a way to be stressed out about that just as much as like having audition. Will I get fired? Like we are so good. At yeah. going to that place. Yeah. Yeah. But wait, I, mean, I just want to ask really quick, yeah. Lauren, sorry. Uh, did you take voiceover classes or was that one of those things where you had been acting and then the voiceover world like opened itself to you in a specific way through no, an agent I, or something? I, or I never took classes? voiceover acting classes. I think they're out there. And, you know, when people ask me, how do I get into it? I always refer them to my friend D. Bradley Baker's website called I Want to so Be a I. Voice Actor. It's, it's like the so easiest thing in the world because that, that and thing is yeah. so thorough about it. And oh, he keeps no. on updating he, it all. So, yeah, I mean, and he just best. spent so much time and energy putting that together. And I, I always say that I feel like the key to voice acting is being a good actor. So yeah, I don't 100%. really think it's very different from that. So take acting yeah. lessons. And uh, that's what happened with me. Uh, King of the Hill was my first voiceover audition. Oh, wow. And wow. I just I went in in person and I, I uh, they recorded me uh, right there at the table with a little mic and uh, I just felt like my talent agent just sent me in as an audition, just like any other audition. And then from there, I, I don't know if you guys will agree, but I, I think it's very insular. Like once you break in, you tend to get passed yeah. around. <laughs> a bit. It's a like, small world. It's a small you world. Know? And then yeah. for your type, because I do feel like producers like to cast as close to the role as they can. Like right. so if especially if they're looking for, you know, an Asian woman. Um. Then that's sort and of like Lauren just Tom. Can we get Lauren Tom in here? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. I went to Kevin Michael Richardson's, oh, uh, who's him. another alumni from the show. His birthday was one of the big years of his. Aww. He rented like a big boat, and it took <gasps> all the voice actors out no? on this boat. Oh my! For gosh. the evening, and it was stacked with the whole everybody. I mean, how everybody was fun. there. And I was like, first of all, I was like, how did I get here? One. Um, like, <laughs> Mark Hamill's there. Oh my uh, gosh, you know, he's so great. Dimaggio. Every, I mean, all the big voice actors are there. And then I then I thought. If this boat sinks, what are we going to do? Oh what, what's going to happen if this boat sinks? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what? I have a similar story that w- we did a chorus line for Reagan. This is how old I am. Oh, um, wow. They flew our cast to the White House, right? Oh, and wow. he was giving a little speech before our performance. And he said, there are so many governors and heads of state in this audience right now. It would be an awful thing if a bomb dropped here right now. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. Moment. Such a Ronnie, grim, thank dark you for thing. That. That I know. Like, enjoy like the, the show, everyone. I mean, <laughs> it was like dead silent. Like, how do you recover from that little blurb? Anyway, it was funny. <laughs> but you've done a lot of theater. I've done right? a lot of theater. Yeah. I've done a lot of like, also, You did a one-man show? I did a one-person show, yeah. My apologies, a one-woman show? <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, HBO was having like a, a festival in Aspen. And they were yeah. they're doing this diversity program where they they chose people of color to write about their stories. And so I was one of those people. And then I did uh, my show in Aspen and then they filmed excerpts of it um, of because there were lots of performers. And then I ended up traveling around the country doing the show at colleges. And uh, wow, that's the closest cool. I'll ever get to Harvard. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. But, I know. Um, but it was really fun for me to just interact with young people and to tell my story. It's kind of like the story is about my grandmother's journey, how she came from China to the United States and how oh, wow. it's woven in with my, it was about my search for inner peace and enlightenment. Mm. So it was called yeah. 25 Psychics. And it's about all the insane, wacko, like 25 quacks, Psychics? Yeah, that I met. Trying to find like enlightenment, but they want to see this show. You need to hang out with Gray Delisle. Oh, I love Gray. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Gray has sent a lot of people to psychics, and unfortunately, I'm one of them. I went to a party Um, at Gray's house, and there were psychic readings. And of course, there were. Yeah, bingo and psychic readings. That birthday party, we were both there. I just realized. Did they hit anything right? Dante? Uh, I think I won bingo. I hit that right. I don't remember. I was so... <laughs> when I was doing Joy Luck Club, my, the producer, who's like a f- good friend of mine, Janet Yang, she said, Lauren, don't tell so many people that you believe in that. It's like outing yourself. <laughs> and I was like, what? She goes, it just makes you seem like a ditz. She goes, I'm just trying to watch out for you, honey. <laughs> You're like, well, what I'm going to go ahead and do is put it into a successful show that's going to tour the country. So I'm going to go ahead and do well, the exact so- opposite. And it's going to work out great. Oh, anyway. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Just going to say, I, I just think there's too much in the world that we don't have the capacity to understand. So I just leave my mind open that there's a lot of mystery, like, which is a good segue into Avatar, too. You're like, you, you never know, like, what's going on. Right. And absolutely. You're so right. And that is one of the big appeals about it, because it's not pulling its punches. It's not living in a fantasy world where conflicts don't arise and where, you know, serious things aren't happening. That's not the case at all. But it is giving a voice to some of our own internal spirituality and, of course, paying tremendous homage to various Eastern cultures. And, you know, we have some Native American influence in there. And it's just such a a beautiful rendering. Um, But there is a lot of mystery inside of that universe as well. And, you know, here we have with your character, the gang coming into this city of, we'll call it our city of walls and secrets, since that's actually an episode title about Ba Sing Se. And it's almost the polar opposite of what you would expect or hope from a city inside the Avatar verse, which is like, everybody's in denial and everybody's conditioned to be in denial about any conflict happening and that that's the way you keep yourself sane right is like no no don't ask questions um don't explore don't explore your thoughts don't explore what's happening outside of these walls as long as you just ignore all of that that's what makes you safe and And you're the opposite of that obviously you're a seeker you know but here you play this character who's sort of been like conditioned almost yeah brainwashed exactly yeah into, you know, no, 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 please. <laughs> Let's not. Uh, no, no, no. And how appropriate for our times now. Like, there is no such yeah. thing as COVID in Boston. <laughs> I know. There is no war in Boston. It's so wild how this show years, all these years later, is so poignant for today and these times. And we, we talked yep. about, yep. Janet and I talked about it, where we told the story where a kid came up to me and he was at New York City Comic Con, he was saying he was raving about the show and growing up with the show. And then, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm glad. But, you know, we all grew up together. And he goes, no, no, you don't understand. You programmed our generation. I said, what? He goes, you guys, this show programmed our generation. I was like looking at him and like the hair Wait. on the back of my neck stood up. And he goes, we are the generation that brought protests back, brought Black Lives Matter oh, back, man. Me Too movement. We're wow. trying to get the world back in balance. And I was like, oh my gosh. What? So, I mean, I can see why your hair things, stood up. I know. Yeah. I, me too. I was looking at this kid like, uh, 
Did you want to hug him? <laughs> you know, we're actors and we do stuff and we do work and, and a show like this becomes so impactful worldwide. I mean, we have no clue what we're doing is going to have that kind yes. of ripple in the future, decades later. Um, yes. I was almost in awe of the situation, I, you know, standing outside it. Like, it wasn't, yes. not me. It's yeah. like this whole thing that I'm a part of is, yeah. I probably was dumbfounded in the moment. Yeah, I'm sure you were. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like it's our responsibility to honor that and be grateful for it. And gosh, so many of the people that we have on the show share that gratitude. So I think you're more right than that wonderful young man was willing to or even knew when you said we all grew up together. And he was like, no, no, no. But it's like, I don't know, because if you get to work on amazing projects with amazing people and you don't lose sight of that gratitude, then you are growing up together. Like you are growing up 100%. in the environment yes. that can either turn you into the best or worst version of yourself. If you lean yes. on things that are really hard about what we do, you know, you can sort of be molded into a version of yourself you wouldn't necessarily like, or you can, you know, take the lessons from shows like this and from meeting fans who've had those experiences and build off of that and realize that you're inspiring people, you're inspiring people to create their own stuff, but also inspiring people on the front lines. Like somebody, you know, we have like EMTs and doctors and teachers and people coming in who are like, I understand that you weren't on the front lines, but you have to know I wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't have Avatar, you know, to watch. And wow. that's true of so many things that you I have know. been a part of. Like, I know people feel that way about Futurana, which is a, a slightly lighter and funnier show. But right. it, that's also the thing that gets somebody through because they needed to have that laugh and they needed to that's feel that correct. connection with yeah. the people who are showing up to make that show so special, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, it, it really had such a profound effect on me to hear feedback like that, because I don't know about you guys, but just growing up, I just felt like I didn't have any other aptitude other than like the creative side. Yeah, I never felt like I, I was actually a contributing member of society until I started getting feedback like that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and also just being a person of color, like the, one of the most memorable experiences I had was when a young Asian woman came up to me after Friends came out and said it was the first time she'd ever seen herself on screen mm. and how much that meant to her. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of thing really resonates with us as actors, I think, because it makes you feel like you. Yeah. My son asked me like the other day, like, what do you want your legacy to be? And I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, that's a, that's a deep question. And I just, you know, it makes me think of that because it's sort of like that I left the world a better place, that I in yes. some way like gave something rather than just took a lot of yeah. things, right. you know. Yeah, you're such a pioneering part of the Asian American arts community. And, you know, we're in this golden era, you know, crazy rich Asians, post Shang-Chi, right. all that kind of stuff going yeah. on. Like it's this golden era of Asians in, in pop culture and the arts worldwide. And you're a part of the yeah. pioneering Era that kind of like we're yes. ushering that in, and it's still a part of it now, of course. But you know, it's part Aww. of your legacy. It's really sweet of you to say. Yeah. So, for your reward, in addition to just getting to hang out with us, which I know is rewarding of itself, <laughs> let's pretend like in this alternate universe that we're building for you, we can give you a hybrid animal, since Avatar is very much known for its various hybrid animals. Well, you know. I just think Momo is the cutest, cutest ever. But just I have great. to say, yes. who I resonate with the most is the lion turtle. Because, okay. um, because I'm a Leo, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So the lion, I mean, just the image of that animal is so beautiful to me. And yeah. so I've got the lion and I've got the 
ancient because I'm so old. But I <laughs> no. feel like your time was long. You. You're timeless. <laughs> dare you? But all the qualities that those two animals have, I would love to think that I have some of those in me. Uh, just about like the the fierceness and the protectiveness that of a lion, like uh, protecting their um, children. Right. Since I'm a mom yes, in real life. Absolutely. And then the turtle, like just having that patience and that ability to wait, you know, just being really wise. Yeah. That's why I would trying to go for. But I actually feel like I'm kind of far from that. <laughs> I feel like I'm more like Momo, you know, like just this cute little thing. Um, but but anyway. Momo's come in real handy plenty of times. He many, has many definitely times. saved the yeah. day once or twice. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Because we haven't fully gotten to Lion Turtle World yet, we haven't really taken that apart. But I don't even know if we would have thought to take it apart the way you just did. And I love it. Like, I have a deeper respect now for the Lion Turtle than I even did before, Aww. which I didn't know I could. Um, <laughs> no, but like breaking down those qualities, like that's no, it's, really it's lovely. Great. You know, because I could talk about otter penguins forever but what am i saying i'm like oh because you know they're cute um <laughs> exactly they're both they like cute. to have fun cute uh, goes a long both way. animals uh cute things <laughs> with curious. big heads are the best <laughs> yeah. it's great yeah meanwhile lauren's like i'd love to have the patience of the turtle i'm like oh no i'd like to slide on my belly oh no this is i gotta i gotta dig a little deeper oh, no i'm pretty shallow too because i just like the way they look <laughs> Well, you managed to give that a lot of cred, okay. uh, if that's all it was. I'm very <laughs> impressed. Now, another question we ask all our guests within the Avatarverse, but you know, you're actually in so many universes, you can ship anybody anywhere. We talk about ships, which is relationships, things that did happen that are canon, or a lot of fans out there like to do things out of canon that they wish would have happened. Is there any characters that you ship? So I like to keep things super wholesome. So I'm going to say oh. Ang and Tuff. Because oh, I actually nice. ship them too. I ship them really? too. You know, yeah. yeah. I like I like that 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 pairing. I yeah. you know I'm a mom. I like things that are wholesome. <laughs> I, what can I say? <laughs> oh, poor Judy. Poor Judy. She was in a tough spot. Judy. Hopefully, she wakes up. You know, yeah, she's like in, yeah. in the zombie land. Sometimes I was like, all these big things. I, I wonder what the figurative thing is. Like, I was like, what is the figurative thing of like vampires or werewolves or, or what zombies? I was like, oh, that's what the zombie thing is. Is like us walking around, not really right. questioning the world. That sounds and just terrible. Aimlessly walking through life. That's yeah. Guys, I'm so sorry to have to bring the room down. But well, uh, uh, the thing what? I just found when I went to Avatar, the Avatar Wiki, what <laughs> it's, it was part of a ship of the week. And it's called Jew Squared. <gasps> Jew Squared is the ship between one Judy and another Judy. Oh, Jew my D. goodness. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Ask and you shall receive. Jude I just got with shipped herself. with myself. Judy Squared. That is amazing. Well, we do know that our original Judy gets replaced with another Judy who I suspect is also Lauren Tom's voice. Just slightly, yes. you know, it's different. It's a, you're doing a different. Voice, Just repeated. But, um, we do have more than one Judy, so I get it. I wasn't expecting it, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's actually quite. It's amazing. Well, each would understand what the other had been through. That's, I'll tell you that's that. That's true. It's uh, pretty clever. Yeah, their jobs are very, very stressful. Um, okay, and also if you've had a chance to think about it at all, but there are a lot of really amazing kind of adversarial relationships in Avatar and they change and morph with time. So the people who are enemies become allies right. and vice versa. And is there someone that you really like a character in Avatar that is kind of a big bad, whether they stay that way or not, that you're attracted to in some way? 
So I think for me, like the two characters that come to mind are Azula, you know, and yeah. Long Feng. And, and oh, uh, you know, yes. Azula does come around, but it's kind of like I'm not a big fan of coups, you know, and they, yeah. they, <laughs> yes. they, um, they were so plotting and manipulative. And and then, you know, Long Feng was my immediate boss. And so I, I yes. just kind of feel like yeah. I have a more personal like bleh against him so <laughs> yeah so clancy articulate. clancy has one of those voices where the second you hear his voice connected with the character you're like uh-oh like there's I, something going on here it doesn't mean that he's a villain but there but he is someone i feel gets pulled in for complicated really interesting very smart characters who you're like there's something here i need to pay attention to when it's you clancy know Brown's and voice, the you know? irony is is that Clancy Brown is a friend He's of mine, so and lovely. you could not like find another like right. He is an amazing so person warm. with so much yeah. integrity and intelligence and humor, and I just adore him and his family. And uh, you know, our kids. Are, my little one just started in college, and his daughter went to the same college. So you know, they <gasps> nice. they got connected, and she was helping him through and, and in the transition. I just. He's just a great person, and it is yeah. funny how many villains and bad guys he's he is intimidating. Though I've worked with Clancy yeah. a few times, and every time he's in the booth, it's always like, oh, he's he is intimidating. He has a, he's well, very tall. His just presence physically, he knows how to turn that on. Physically tall, and his voice is physically intimidating. Yeah, but yeah. then he's Mr. Krabs too, and you know, but it's wasn't true. he also Lex Luthor? That's such I a genius casting. Yeah, such totally. genius casting to be like, and then Mr. Krabs. Like, right, right. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I mean, you have so many friends within the voiceover world and Avatar alumni like Clancy or Phil. And I'm sure you guys are working on multiple shows at the same time. Do you keep it like when you're in different booths on different shows, are you like kind of keep it in order in your brain? Like, <laughs> well, I think we're all just as What's actors. our relationship today? <laughs> <laughs> no, we just we just like li- try to live in the present, right? That's like the goal of being an actor to just kind of be in the moment where you are. Yeah. But it takes us forever because those guys are always goofing around. Those are the best days. And yeah. it takes forever because everyone's cracking up the whole time, inside mm-hmm. jokes and people being wild. You know, I can't remember because it's been so long ago. Did we record Avatar like a radio play or one at a time? As much as we can, of course. You know, they as try to get us in the yeah. booth. But then as much once as everyone starts yeah. working, everyone starts moving around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's so much better when you can be together, but totally agree. Well, that's one of the things that's so great about Andrea Romano is like if you don't have the pleasure of getting to do that, you feel at least like Andrea's gonna take me as close to that place yeah. as possible. How does she stitch if it together the cast can't like that. be there. She's really good at creating that same safe space, even yes. if it's just a one on one, you know. True. I agree. All right, we gotta ask you the big question, the biggest the big of question. the bigs. Do you have a sense, and I feel that you do because you had such a great answer for why you uh, love a lion turtle, do you think you know what kind of elemental bender you would be? I, every time I say bender to you, I feel like you're thinking about <laughs> So it's like a whole different right, level right, of right. bending. Not that, um, not that, not bender. that bender. bender is no. bender. Bender is a metal bender, I guess. Yeah, so he's I guess so. probably an uh, earthbender. Uh, Lauren, what kind of bender would you be? So I think, again, because of me being a Leo, I would be a firebender. However, oh, having said Fire that, Nation. Oh. What? I, I took the BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> you did take the BuzzFeed and quiz. And I came out as an airbender. So that oh. confused me. That's the so I'm not really sure. That's the dancer in you. The, like, is that what it is? It is the, yeah. I just tried to answer the questions truthfully. And that's what yeah. they spit out. 
So I could see that. I don't know. Too. Maybe I could be both. Well, we talk about that too. We're always like, why does it have to be the avatar who can do all of them or just a type of bending where it's just one? Like, what about a twofer? Exactly. What if you are like just air and fire? How about a twofer? I'd say you've earned it. Perfectly articulated. We're going to say that you are both an airbender and a firebender. This is Lauren, this this has been so lovely and wonderful. We adore you. We would love for you to tell people if there's something they should be checking out. Uh, I know we've talked about a lot of different projects. If there's anything current that you are really excited for people to check out and, you know, where to follow you on social media if you're into that stuff, please. Oh, that would be wonderful. Um, So you already mentioned a a couple of them. So, well, Disenchantment is done now, but I loved being on that. And the Futurama episode should be airing, I think, uh, early next year. And right. then Dragons and Nine Realms, I play the mother again. Um, uh, <laughs> my, yeah, my character's name is Mei Wong, and that's really a, a ton of fun. And then um, I actually have an on-screen movie coming out. Uh, I'm not sure what the date is, but maybe to just put it on people's radar, that it's called One True Loves with an S at the One end. One True Loves. And it's um, by it. Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yeah, she oh, wrote Daisy and the Six. She's a novelist. And yeah. so this um, film... It was uh, based on her novel of the same title, and um, Dante, you'll love this, that it was written for a white family in New England, right? And they cast, the whole cast is Asian. Oh, wow. Nice. Right. Wow. And nice. we never I mention it. it. I can't wait to see this. Oh, right? That's so great. it stars um, it stars Simu Liu from Shang-Chi, yeah. and then um, Philippa Su from Hamilton. And um, she plays my daughter, and Michaela Conlon plays my other daughter. And then I'm married to a white guy, a Michael (laughs) O'Keefe, who you might remember. Yeah, he's a great actor. So uh, that was just such a joy to work on, and it made me feel good in so many ways, just about the diversity and, and the open thinking for them to even consider that, for everyone to be open to that idea is kind of really cool. We're like in a new era of filmmaking, which is great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah. yeah. So that's that's it. Got it. Are you on social media? Can people follow you so they'll actually oh, yes, like yes. even that's get a, a little? They'll, Janet, they'll find out you. exactly when One True Loves comes out. So I'm the same address on both. I'm Lauren Tom nine thousand on Instagram and Twitter, and I don't really do Facebook or anything like Lauren that. Lauren Tom nine thousand. Lauren Tom nine thousand. And the reason it's nine thousand is because I put in Lauren Tom. There was already one. Then I put Lauren Tom one. Lauren Tom 2, Lauren Tom 3, and then <laughs> when I got to 4, like, oh my gosh, all of those addresses are taken already. I'm just skipping to 9,000. <laughs> Lauren goes from 0 to 9,000 that quick. That's right. <laughs> I go from 0 to 9,000. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, thank you again so much for being with us. We'll so let you, good to see you resume you. your millions of projects. That was super fun. And, um, boy, you're the best. Okay. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Stay well. Thanks, everybody. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Avatar Braving the Elements. And hey, make sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a review. All of that really helps the podcast so much. And we love you guys. Next week, we'll be diving into the tales of Ba Sing Se with fellow Avatar nerd and friend of the pod, Danielle Radford. You can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter. And I'm at Dante Bosco on both of those. We'll see you next Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 